Hour two of the show, AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Matt and Patrick here. Any calls from Derek Von Orden, the Republican down in the Wisconsin 3? We have gotten zero calls from that. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Come on, Derek. You're going to question my patriotism and my Christian faith? Hey, I'm going to make you do it to my face. So come on up here. I'd love to, I'd love to chat with you about that. 952-946-6205. So uh, what you're going to hear basically is our goal is to get as many Democrats on the day as possible over the next few weeks, especially in race in, in districts where it's, you know, we need to get out there and get the big turnout for the DFL to carry that district. Uh, Minnesota Senate District 36 is one of those districts. Heather Gustafson, kind enough to join us again as Democrat of the day to talk about her campaign for the state Senate. Hi, Heather. Hi, how are you guys? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? How's it been going up there? Yeah, busy, really, really busy, but good. Everything is, is, is going well. We're talking to as many people as we can. Um, we're, of course, door knocking as much as possible. Um, and we're now, it's, it's just getting out the vote, making sure that we get everybody to show up. Um, we're still reaching out to as many people as we can, um, still having the conversations um, that are, you know, necessary to sort of find out what is going on in our community, what do people care about, and how can we help. So, but it is busy. It is nonstop. <laughs> so uh, we hope that everybody will, will dive in. Centerville, Center, Circle Pines, Lionel Lakes, Gem Lake, North Oaks, Vadna Sites, White Bear Lake, White Bear Township, and Birchwood Village, as that's what's up in Senate District 36. So basically, uh, 35E north of 694, all the way up to the Forest Lake, basically almost up to the Forest Lake uh, split up there. So you've got a, it's a, a large territory. Have you had a lot of door knocking? You said you've gotten out and gotten to most of the community. Has it, how's, how's that been going? Good. I mean, I think just myself alone, I've knocked over 6,000 doors nice. since we started. But our volunteer, our volunteers are out in full force as well. And I apologize. I'm <laughs> railroad, uh, right by a railroad track. So, um, yeah, a little bit lost. Um, but so yeah, we, we're, we're knocking on as many doors as we possibly can. Um, and, and it's going well. I think that that was part of the strategy all along was that, um, a lot of people in our district had never had their door knocked on. A lot of uh, Democrats in particular had felt sort of like disengaged and ignored um, because our district just went through, um, you know, a period of time where either due to COVID or just, um, you know, uh, other other things, um, we sort of, you know, we, we sort of uh, removed ourselves a little bit from being an active part of the district. Mm-hmm. But... Um, we're back and we're talking to people and a lot of them have never had a door knocked on before. And, um, and it's working. We Thank- think it's working and makes a difference. Well, and as you say that, reminder, that means no Republicans knocked on the door. That means you're there. That's giving a good impression. I think that that's the important part. Door knocking right. is, as far as campaign go, it's old school, but it works. If you can knock on every door in the district, you're going to win. And you really do. It's that simple. Yeah, it is. And I think that that is really where we're trying to reach out and get people engaged and not just like the public, of course, like our community, that's number one, but also people who are paying attention and interested and, but just haven't like, what, for whatever reason decided to sign up and door knock or volunteer. And that's really what we're trying to get people to do. If everybody listening right now donated two hours in the next, you know, week and a half to door knocking either in our district, which I would love, or in whatever local district you're at, 
the amount, you know, our turn, the voter turnout would be uh, high. We would have higher engagement. We would have more people paying attention. Um, it, it would mean victories in places that we, you know, might not see otherwise. So we're asking just everybody to just put in, you know, two hours between now and November 8th in your local district. Come to our district if you're in one of those districts that you think is probably pretty safe. Then come up to our district and help us out. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got shifts all I mean, I was going to say round the clock, but that's not true. <laughs> there, there is a cutoff. But every day we offer several different shifts. And um, bring a friend, go out for dinner afterwards to reward yourself. You know, make it, make it, make it a thing that you can do with other people who kind of share your values and are also just feeling anxious about what's coming up or feel like you want to do more. Um, we we would love that, and we would welcome you with open arms. So, Heather, yeah. Heather, I want to give you credit because that is the, that is one of the smartest things I've heard this political season. She's exactly right. And if I can actually piggyback one little thing on there, and this is me saying this, and not you. It's great that you are in these really safe Democratic districts. I am. Cheryl Yukim doesn't even have a Republican challenger. Uh, I mean, Ron Latz, I don't think, has a Republican challenger. I'm in a relatively safe district. It's great if you want to help out the local person. That's fine. But if you're in a district which is pretty much a guaranteed slam dunk DFL win, you need to get into district like Heather's district. You need to get up there. You need to get into these secondary and tertiary suburbs. These are lean D districts. These are DFL lean districts all around the metro. But if we don't... Don't get up there and knock on all these doors. And that's not just up in White Bear and up in, in, in Lana Lakes and all that area, but, but in Lakeville, if you're getting Maple Grove, you're out in Woodbury, the entire metro area, you got to get into these, these outer suburbs and you got to knock on these doors. And she's right. Two hours. That's all it'll take. A 20 minute drive out to the district, knock on some doors for two hours, grab a little dinner, head on back home. It's that simple. And it really does an, inc- an incredible amount to get that vote out. I was going to ask you from your door knocking experience, have you gotten any idea of how many people in your district, uh, kind of roughly guesstimating here have already voted? Um, no, I, I don't know, you know, in particular, we do know that the, our, our files, you know, um, refresh fairly quickly. Um, so I think if you, if you early vote, which we encourage you to do, if that's something yes. that you're okay doing, then go out and do that. Um, and then it usually takes about 24 hours. And it's sort of an incentive that we like to tell people too, like, hey, if you, you know, if you're, if you're going to vote early, if that was part of your voting plan, that's great. And it'll also like remove you from a lot of like people knocking on your door and it'll sort of like let you kind of get off of that list. And so sometimes people are motivated by that a little bit, but, um, also it's just, you know, it, it we have, you know, we are, more than happy to help you find out where your early voting location is. Um, a lot of people have questions, especially like maybe if they're new to the area or mm-hmm. if they're a college kid or, you know, did they get remarried and they had their names changed or whatever the thing is, like we can help you answer those questions on the door as well. Um, so, I, I mean, I, if you're looking for a specific number, I don't know that, well, but I do no. know that it is something that a lot of people are doing. And it is something that, you know, if if that is something you're comfortable doing go do it it is easy it's it's safe it's you know it's usually a place that's within a few miles of you um and so it's you can vote in person in early vote in person if you still like the in-person experience you can mm-hmm. do that um but yeah, yeah. I, was, I was talking to secretary of state steve simon last hour and, you know, we do it so easily here, and it's mnvotes.gov, mnvotes.gov, is, that's where you'll find all the information on this. And it, the reality is, is this, is that 
this is this is a great way for you to vote. And I don't care who you are. Anyone can vote this way. And this is one of the great things about Minnesota is we make it easy to vote. You can get out there and you get that vote in. And, you know, a lot of people, it's a Tuesday. Sometimes it's a little tough to get out and vote. You can. It, this is pain free. You can go to your city hall. Most of them it's just a city hall. You go in there, fill out the ballot. You don't have to worry about waiting in a, a long line most of the time. It's easy and simple, and I think it's a great way for people to get people out and vote because not only do we need to make sure we remind people to get out there and volunteer and help out these campaigns, especially in these in these uh, tougher DFL districts, but as well, it's also you got to vote because let's face it. Elections come down to DFL turnout. It really does. Republicans just turn out the same numbers. If the DFL turns out in big numbers, DFL wins. It's just that true. Right, right. And I think it's mnvotes.org. So I'll make sure that the website's right. <laughs> um, the other, uh, unless maybe this doctor. No, it's, yeah, it got, we, he, did, he did correct himself. He said, well, both work. Both work. Okay, but it's, good. It's, well, that's good to know. Okay. mnvotes.gov um, is the current one, though. Okay, perfect. Um, but no, we also say too, like a lot of people are saying, oh, I just like the feeling of, you know, election day. And that's great. I, the most important thing is that you vote. But yeah. another thing you can do if you vote early is then you can encourage everybody else to get out and vote too. And you can sort of join our efforts in that because it is something that we do need help with. And so, yeah, I mean, again, two hours between now and November 8th, I think everybody can carve that out. I know I'm, I'm pretty busy myself, but we can all find like two hours to sort of like, take our, you know, take all of the things that we're thinking about and we see or we post online and actually bring them to voters in districts um, that are flippable, that are, you know, places where we can win if we get people to turn out and if we get people to show up. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I I always say it's great. It's great to go online and post about something and, and, and you know, support democracy on your Twitter, your Facebook, but it's a whole lot more impactful if you can actually get out there, knock on doors, and have those conversations with people. Um, uh, I'll be more. I'll that's be, how you're going to reach most of them. I'll be more blunt. Your memes don't do a lot. I mean, okay, knocking yeah. on a door, voting, <laughs> that does a lot. Calling yeah. all your family and friends and saying, do you know where to vote? Do you know how to vote? Yeah. Are you registered to vote? That's an important thing, too. Those are what count. Fun memes, great. But if you really want to yeah. make a difference, you got it. there's action that needs to happen. I'm going to take uh, – well, oh, go ahead. Well, it's because it's more meaningful conversation. So you're not going to adore, yeah. and now you can actually engage with somebody, and, and everything is a little bit more civil and it's polite. You can have real conversations. You can actually, like, you know, talk with people and get to know them and, and find out where they're at and what their values are, and usually their values line up with ours. So it's – you know, these are all good conversations and a whole lot more impactful than, like you said, a meme. So yeah. uh, I, I will. I'm going to do, I'm going to spin the wheel of endorsements. I'm looking at your webpage. I'm just going to randomly pick yeah. one here. I've got. I, I was drawn to this one, the DFL Veterans Caucus. I, I'm drawn to this because I had some. There's some clown over in Wisconsin that basically says you can't be a liberal and be patriotic. I'm a disabled Army vet, so oh the heck with that. Hmm. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so let, wow. yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm going to just you know wow. let, you got this endorsement. Let's, let's talk a little bit about veterans issues in your mind. What do you want to champion when you get over to St. Paul? Yeah, well, one of the things that we've been working with, so um, I, you know, I've worked with the White Bear um, American Legion and their auxiliary, but I am actual a member in the Lionel Lakes American Legion auxiliary, and I, um, you know, care deeply about what happens with veterans' issues. And one of the things that we've learned the most about in the last couple of years is how, just like with everybody else, uh, mental health is a huge concern. And it's something where, you know, um, COVID and, and the shutdown and then just like 
the the amount of mental health availability and accessibility had increased, um, or I'm sorry, the the need for it increased, and yet the resources had sort of decreased. And a lot of people felt that in different areas. But for our vets, that's a big thing. That's a big concern. Um, also, any amount of homelessness in the veteran community is unacceptable. Absolutely. And there are things that we can do right off the bat to help them. That you know, you can't you can't depend on the state senate or the state house to you know, solve every single problem, but that is one that we really could do with some funding and resources and support. We can actually like eliminate that completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are two things right off the top of my head, but I would encourage people. I don't know that people know this a lot, but, um, we over the summer and or the spring, I'm sorry, worked a little bit with um, some projects at the VA hospital. Mm-hmm. And there are all sorts of things that people can do to volunteer, you know, time or, um, you know, time or services or supplies, of course, money, whatever, but a lot of like easy volunteer options that wouldn't take a lot of time out of your week, but would really mean a lot to some of our current vets who are living in uh, the VA hospital and other places as well. So there are so many things that we could be doing more. And I think, you know, it can start with the legislature, but it certainly could be things that people can take into action right now too. Heather, by the way, and I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I was just over at the VA hospital not that long ago over uh, by Fort Snelling. And the one of the things I'll say is this, is that if you do get to St. Paul, let's make it to where you can get, you know, for every hour you get out there, you can take a little bit of a tax, uh, 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 you know, get a, a tax break a little bit for that, for helping out. Because I think we should be encouraging people to get out there because helping out these veterans, whether it's helping out in the hospital or visiting people or just sitting down and chatting with them, these are things that anyone can do. You said it's really easy. There's a lot of great veterans out there that would, would love to have you stop on by and give them a hand with something. And I think that if we can incentivize that, uh, incentivize that a little bit with the, with the government uh, and say, you know what, hey, if you're willing to do this, we're willing to give you a little bit of a tax break on that. I would love to see something like that happen. Well, right. I mean, some of the things are so easy that they're about like a couple of hours a week checking in yeah. and doing phone conversations or Zoom calls and just to like have, have conversations or play game of cards. I mean, they can be other things too, but I mean, some things as simple as that are things that we can all do right now. And you're right. If we can give people a little bit of an incentive, fantastic. That'd be fine. You know, that's, that's uh taxpayer money well spent, but I, um, yeah, I, I, I do think that mental health has to be a priority yes. for, for schools, for our first responders, for our vets. Um, and, and hopefully I hear that across the board, no matter who I talk to along the political spectrum. So I really have high hopes that that is something that the two parties can come together on. Fingers crossed. We'll see. <laughs> you, you only hope. Uh, okay, the, yeah. uh, the, the last thing I'll mention here really quick is, and, and it's just every Republican keeps screaming abortion's not on the ballot. It, I mean, we do have already people saying they're going to introduce bills on the federal level. Uh, even though the Republicans cr- keep saying that abortion is protecting the Constitution, it is not. Dovi Gomez was the ruling that preserved it that was referred to there. But a, you know, a Minnesota government of Republicans could put new Supreme Court justices on the Minnesota Supreme Court. A Republican attorney general could fight this and, 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 and sue people and try to stop this from happening. There, it, it, regardless of what they say, they're the ones that took away women's rights in, in June when that Supreme Court got rid of Roe v. Wade. And as much as they're trying to say it's not on the ballot now, it clearly is. And it's something that I think that if, if for no other reason, it's only the beginning for some of these people. They're going to go after other rights, whether that's gay marriage, contraception, whatever. But this is they clearly have an agenda. And this is our line in the sand. We have to stop it here. 
oh my gosh, like you just know that there was some sort of a room where they all got together and they were like, how are we going to combat this? And we're going to say, oh, we're going to tell everybody it's not on the ballot because they all came out and said the same thing, like within, you know, a few days. So you just know that that was like part of the strategy, but it doesn't work. And you can look it up and you know, like even if you think you're in a quote, safe blue state, that's going to like, you know, make a, make it, or codify it, it doesn't matter because if people like Lindsey Graham get their way, they're going to put in a federal rule and then it doesn't, you know, we're we're back to where we were. Plus, we know that, right? We know that the, like, this is just, you know, a setback for them. This isn't like, I mean, you know, the the decision was uh, seen as a victory for them, but the idea that, like, it might mobilize the other side to vote against them, that's, I don't know that that is, you know, uh, I don't know that that's enough for them to uh, go, whoa, maybe we should, like, keep reproductive rights um, as part of a health care plan. But, um, no, I, I, it is on the ballot, 100%. <laughs> and I think if they're asking any of us to trust them, that is a risk I'm not willing to take. I, think- and I just want to say, too, like, the two things we hear about the most are public safety and abortion when we're on, out on the doors. And, you know, you, we just talked about reproductive rights there for a second, but I also want to push back on public safety because I actually really love to have this conversation with people. Democrats put forward a public safety amendment to the tax bill that would have given millions of dollars to local police departments that they could have used over a period of, I believe, three years. And it would have given them local control. So if they wanted to use it for recruitment or mental health services or community services or whatever they needed in order to keep all of our streets safe, they could have had that. And my opponent, along with other GOP senators, voted no. So I think, like, those are conversations that we need to be having with people so that they understand that, like, a lot of these things that they're pushing on the other side are just campaign slogans, and they're not necessarily actual policies. And, you know, we have to call them out on that. Well, and it should be noted, they voted no so that they would be they, they could campaign against Democrats for not getting public safety passed. They killed the bill right. themselves so then they can attack the other side. And that is you're, you nailed it. Absolutely perfect. Oh, Heather, I, I want to I want to see you in St. Paul. Uh, <laughs> I really do. All right. Uh, let's go back to what you said there. You need two hour shifts filled. Folks, you're in Minneapolis, St. Paul. We need to get up to 36 here. Once again, it's just six north of 694 at the 35E corridor heading up towards nearly the Forest Lake split. It's easy to get to. It's a great area. I've been up there a lot myself. And, uh, you know, you need door-knocking shifts from here till Election Day, right? Right. Absolutely. All right. What's the website should people go to if they want to get in touch with your campaign? Uh, VoteForGus.com. So just VoteForGusGus.com. VoteForGus.com. I'll link to everything a little bit later on. And once again, you can go vote. Early voting on right now. MNVotes.gov, MNVotes.gov, or or ORG. Both work at this point. Uh, Heather Gustafson, uh, Senate District 36, Democrat of the Day. Heather, thank you very much. Anything you need, all my best as we get ready for the, uh, the final push here for the election. Thank you. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. Heather Gustafson. I like Heather. I like Heather. I want to see Heather in St. Paul. So we've got work to do. And she's right. She's absolutely right. Donate. Volunteer. Vote. Make sure everyone you know is voting. That's all that matters right now. That's all that matters. And if everyone who's listening to me right now in the Minneapolis-St. Paul metro area gets out of their safe district and goes into one of these secondary or tertiary suburb districts and goes and door knocks out there, the Democrats will win a lot of those seats. There you go. It'd be nice to have a DFL House and a DFL Senate.
it would be really nice. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Let's take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.